Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Please stand, thank you, thank you. During President Biden's first formal press conference in March, there was this moment where a reporter asked him about his priorities on gun control legislation. I know you have another chance to address uh, the tragedies in Georgia and Colorado. Uh, you had said to stay tuned for actions that you might take on gun control. I'm wondering if you've made a decision either about sending the manufacturer liability bill that you had promised on day one to Capitol Hill or executive actions like going after ghosts. And in response, Biden gave a quick... All the above. And then he immediately pivoted. It was kind of a dodge, but a revealing one. It's a matter of timing. He started talking about timing and how great presidents know timing. Successful presidents, better than me, have been successful in large part because they know how to time what they're doing. The next major initiative is to rebuild the infrastructure, both physical and technological infrastructure of this country. It was a moment that Politico's Christopher Catalago noticed. Every issue sort of has its its moment and its time when the votes are there, when the public is there. And this is what Joe Biden feels like he needs to do right now. He feels like this is an issue whose time has come. I still think the majority of the American people don't like the fact that we are now ranked, what, 85th in the world in infrastructure. He feels like this is one of the few issues where he could potentially get Republicans to join him, at least based on, you know, mayors of both parties across the country who have been calling for this. And so he's basically calling on Republicans in Washington to follow them. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... It's been a real constant effort on their part. Even when they were talking in meetings with lawmakers about passing the COVID relief legislation that that they pushed through kind of on an emergency basis, they were still already uh, deep into talks on infrastructure. Christopher Catalago gives an inside look at Biden's infrastructure strategy and why he decided going big and bipartisan needed to be his number one priority. So, Christopher, more than two months after that first press conference, when Biden clearly laid out that infrastructure was his big thing, he has done some other stuff, like he did announce executive orders on guns, for example. But infrastructure has remained the constant thread in the Oval Office for months now, despite there still not being a bipartisan deal on it yet. What's behind that? I think... One is just he feels like we're in this global race with China. We rank 13th globally in infrastructure. Uh, China is investing three times more in infrastructure than the United States is. And our country is is basically its its foundation, uh, not so much its democratic foundation, but its its literal foundation is crumbling. Bridges, more than one third of our bridges, 231,000 of them need repairs. Some are physical safety risks or preservation work. And he's watching other countries, you know, 
throw up skyscrapers at at these sort of alarming rates and that is a real motivator to him mm-hmm. but another is is kind of tougher to discern but you hear it when you talk to people who have been around him for a long time and it's this idea that if you do this with republicans you're you're restoring some sense of order and normalcy that he he feels like the country didn't have in 4 years of Donald Trump and so it's basically in some ways, a demonstration that our government and and Congress and the White House can work in the way it was supposed to. Mm. But so far, things haven't really worked out like that, right? I mean, Biden set this goal for having a deal with Republicans by Memorial Day. That's now passed. He wants literally trillions of dollars for his proposal. Republicans have given counterproposals for a lot less where are things exactly with negotiations right now? So the White House and a group of Senate Republicans have gone back and forth a few times now with proposals and counter proposals. The White House uh, started off with this portion, which I guess we could define as hard infrastructure. It's the roads and the bridges, not the child and elder care and some of that other government spending that Joe Biden has proposed as part of a $4 trillion package. This is, you know, less than half of that, basically, that he's come down to on uh, on this hard infrastructure. And there's a couple big sticking points that remain. Republicans have come up to a number that they say is, uh, is over $900 billion, approaching this trillion that they believe, at least, Joe Biden would be okay with signing off on. But much of that is not new spending. They're proposing to shift money both in Biden's COVID relief package as well as past COVID relief packages passed under Donald Trump Hmm. to help pay for this. They want to impose user fees, uh, basically charging people for use of this infrastructure. The administration and the president himself and in our reporting has basically said those two are non-starters. They view the user fees as essentially a tax on people uh, who are making less than 400000 which is a, a line in the sand that they don't want to cross in terms of paying for this. They want to tax wealthy Americans and they want to raise the corporate tax. So there's major disagreement not only on how much to spend, but also on where that money comes from and how to pay for it. And with this backdrop, you've reported, Christopher, that Senate Democrats are already paving the way to try to pass the bill along party lines. And progressives are worried that extending negotiations could hurt getting a big progressive agenda through. But despite that, Biden is still meeting with the lead Republican negotiator on this, Senator Shelley Moore Capito, today. Why is he doing this, given that it's past the point when he wanted a deal, that they're still far apart Could anything come of this or is it like a form of political theater to make it look like there's bipartisanship here? I mean, I think it could be a little bit of both. Biden has this sort of undying belief in his ability to negotiate. Part of that is all the the decades he spent in the Senate and and also some of the deals that he did make with Mitch McConnell when he was uh, Barack Obama's vice president. And so I think that he feels like this is at least worth 
continuing beyond this deadline that he'd set and that it's worth a try. I mean, we 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 uh, had recently uh, talked in our story to Ted Kaufman, who's the former senator from Delaware and was a longtime advisor to Biden. And he kind of touched on a lot of the things that folks in the White House are feeling, which is there really is this question of whether Mitch McConnell and Senate Republican leadership is in any kind of mood to deal uh, with the White House and deal with Biden. And and if they're not, then this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If they feel like there is a chance, um, it is on something like infrastructure. And that's adding to um, why you're seeing this meeting take place. The other aspect of it, and we had a senator from Pennsylvania, Bob Casey, speak to this, which is that it was really up to Biden and the White House to demonstrate to moderate Democratic senators that if they're going to go this reconciliation route, which is to pass legislation just with Democratic support, with no Republican signing on, that they need to prove to a group of moderate Democrats. This is this is a larger group than just, you know, we hear so much about Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, the Democrat, and uh, Kristen Sinema from Arizona. It's a larger group than that. Far more Democrats in the Senate wanted to see that this bipartisan route was exhausted and that Joe Biden and Democrats did everything they could to try to bring Republicans along. And if that doesn't happen, many of them are prepared to vote for this, maybe all of them, but they need to have seen that he put that time and that work in. And that also um, kind of goes to explaining this meeting he's having today. So the idea is like, try hard enough that moderate Democrats are on board with a party line vote. Yeah. If that's what ends up happening, if Biden gives the appearance of trying for bipartisanship, but then passes things through reconciliation, is that good enough for him? Because you mentioned that part of his motivation here is getting back to a sense of a normal working Washington. Would that be a loss there? I mean, reputationally, this is something that he's he said for a long time would be if anyone could do it, it would be him. Um, I think a lot will have to do with uh, with where the country is at on this legislation. Right now, there are um, a few polls you can kind of point to, at least in terms of where the country is. One is that um, far more people, I think right above 50 percent have, uh, you know, a slim majority believe that he's taken kind of the steps you need to take with Republicans to to get something done in cooperation. That number is far, far smaller for for Senate Republicans, for Republicans in Congress. So right now he 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 does seem to at least have this mandate, uh-huh. although this would show kind of some sense of normalcy and, and, and restoration of, of the regular order of Congress. The trade-off is not doing anything, not getting anything passed, not fixing these, you know, hundreds of bridges and, and, and rebuilding roads and getting broadband into a lot of communities. And so I think he would point to the substance of it and what he is able to get done and say that that was a trade-off he was willing to make. Christopher Catalago, thanks so much for talking with me. Of course. Thank you so much. Also, today, the White House is putting forward new housing and small business programs aimed at helping to narrow the wealth gap between Black and white Americans. The administration announced on Tuesday as President Biden marked the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. 
that it plans to launch what it says is a first-of-its-kind interagency effort to address inequity in home appraisals and issue new rules to combat housing discrimination. The administration also says it plans to boost federal contracting with small, disadvantaged businesses by 50 percent, awarding $100 billion over five years. And a ransomware attack hitting the world's largest meat processing company, JBS, appears to have come from a criminal organization likely based in Russia. The White House on Tuesday said the company informed them of that and that the administration is engaging directly with the Russian government on the matter as the FBI investigates the situation. The attack came just weeks after hackers brought the colonial pipeline to a halt and wreaked havoc on the East Coast's gas supply. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet, and also check out some of our other Politico podcasts like Playbook Deep Dive and Politico Energy. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.